Ladies and gentlemen, Caniacs young and old, tall and short, welcome to another season of Carolina Hurricanes Hockey. Tonight's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets not only starts another regular season, but it starts another campaign for our Carolina Hurricanes to have a chance to bring home Lord Stanley's Cup to its rightful home in Raleigh, North Carolina. Will they be able to do the unimaginable in their 25th season? All we can do is wait and get into this episode. Home Ice Advantage, with historical perspectives, modern day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. Welcome to the second season, I guess, of Home Ice Advantage, but a lot more importantly, the 25th anniversary season of the Carolina Hurricanes. If you were listening to this episode the day it came out on Wednesday, it is opening night. It is almost a spiritual night for us Caniacs, and I honestly can't wait to experience it, but I have to get through this intro first. Today, if you look at the episode description, you'll see that it's about two-thirds longer than my normal episodes, and that's because I had Zach and Bailey from the Sorgecast come on. The point of today's episode is to help you with your drive to and from the game. I know on opening night, a lot of people from Clayton or South Carolina or Virginia or Tennessee drive up or down or whichever direction to come see the games, and this episode is for you. Zach, Bailey, and myself spend over an hour and a half talking about all sorts of things, actually. Uh, we get Derek Stepan, opening night rosters, what storylines we're looking forward to this season. I go in the paint on several different NHL teams, but we're going to ignore that for now. You're going to have to wait to see. And it's honestly just a great conversation between the three of us. I want to get it out of the way that I will be doing a Saturday episode this week. Obviously, there will be a lot of news that I have not discussed so far. And there will be two games, tonight's game against Columbus and then Friday's game against San Jose. I will cover those in full on Saturday, plus any other news that breaks during the week. But without further ado, I want to get into my conversation with Zach and Bailey. Okay, so it is an honor to have on Zach and Bailey from the Sorgecast. I'm assuming if you listen to my show, you listen to theirs, so there's not going to be much of an introduction here. But Zach is great. Bailey is great. I apparently don't hold the record for the most downloaded episode of Thor's because you guys are monsters and don't support me on other people's shows. But let's get into it. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing good. Um, I got off of work uh, not even an hour ago, so it's been a long day. I've been up since four o'clock, so yeah, that's been it, it's been a rough day, but I'm doing great. Uh, I am extremely tired because we got absolutely worked today at work. Like we had six drivers on the yard and we just got blitzkrieged all day. And I've been up since 
4.30 my time. So it's also been a day. That's why I'm drinking a beer at 9 o'clock at night. Because <laughs> why not? I woke up at 11.30 today. I am super well. Listen here, Colin, all right? Okay. <laughs> We're not all privileged like you. The first thing I woke up to today was the 25th anniversary video they released of the guy oh, who grows up with his daughter. Yeah, uh, I'm at work. Try, I'm, like, at work shedding tears, so I'm trying to, like, hide it. I'm like, thanks, guys. Like, thanks for the heads up of me watching my childhood, because basically that's what it was for me. So I was like, thanks. Great. Fantastic. Thank, right. thank, no, thanks for the heads up while I'm just, head. like, crying in my truck. Thanks. Appreciate it, Canes. <laughs> <laughs> to the next generation. But not the point. Okay, so the, my first easy question here, which everyone has had to answer, so don't feel too much pressure, but what is your favorite storylines going into the season? What are you looking out for? I mean, there's so many good ones to think of. I think the the additions of Burns and Kasha and whenever we get Patrick back, are those additions the additions to get the team over the hump, get him past the second round, get that deep run, go for that cup that a lot of people keep thinking it's people in Raleigh know it's probably going to happen. Everyone else outside is kind of like, eh, it might happen. But I think with those additions that we have and Freddie's back healthy and Seth Jarvis going into a second season, I think those additions are huge for the hurricanes. Take that next step. Because you actually have a guy in Burns who doesn't take a million penalties like TDA did to make Slavin play more out of his element. So I think just getting those guys, especially Burns, I think is something that's going to be worth watching this season for the Hurricanes. For me, I think uh, the really interesting one, and I bring this up all the time, is the fact that we went into the off season being so unsure about our defense and then getting to the beginning of the season where we're like overloaded on it. And so that that's kind of, I think it, it, that was a big shocker, at least for me, because especially getting that addition in Burns in uh, bringing bear back in uh, bringing up Chatfield and even more so, like, I mean, we got Coglin, who we knew nothing about once because he was basically like a cherry on top of a trade, uh, which was basically just kind of free, free money, like free player anyway. But um, it, it's just we knew nothing about Dylan Coglin. Then we see him in the preseason absolutely go off. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to kind of see how it, I, I don't know I would be interested to hear people's kind of storyline going into that like were you unsure about defense uh going into off season like the rest of us and how do you feel about it now because that that's kind of where I'm at is like the the whole thing like we we built that up with what we thought was originally nothing cool and even then too like you bring back Calvin Hahn for a second mm -hmm. yeah exactly like yeah, and then I, I know we're going to talk about the you know open night roster in a little bit, but you look at who's on there. Like I, how can I remember the last time we brought that many defensemen going into opening night ever? Mm -hmm. Like we have yeah. dudes and we have depth, and we're not even talking about guys that are even in the AHL of Chicago mm -hmm. that could 
also make noise too. So it's like there's a lot of like the defense was a question mark, but now it's kind of like oh my gosh, we have so many guys. Like how are we like somehow the cap got worked by Don Waddell, and I'm like this dude's an absolute genius. Him and his entire staff are a bunch of geniuses for some of mm-hmm. navigating that cap, especially when you put Patch already on the non roster injury list. Mm-hmm. Which is not LTIR. It's a completely different thing, which is insane. And then you've got Gardner, who's also another defenseman that the Hurricanes could probably look at at some point or could be used for a trade when he comes back with his $4 million. But, I mean, it's definitely – the defense is definitely going to be interesting to watch. And then, I mean, even talking about Forge, you're looking at – we have Paul Stastny. Mm-hmm. We forgot to talk about him and the fact that, like, how – like, he – looks so comfortable with Stalin Faust, you would think they've already been together for multiple seasons, and it's like a couple preseason games, just because of how consistent that third line is. Because I, mean, I know me and Bailey talk about it so much. It's like they're the most consistent line that even if you like replace one guy, and if it's still Stalin Faust, you can just throw anyone in that third line, and it feels like that, that line just works. Well, I was going to say... Which is it, just insane to think about. It, it really helps having Stall on that line, too, because... Oh, of course. Big leader on the team. So if there's anybody to kind of learn from and follow after. It's also that they got Stastny Dutton. Well, I said that wrong. Stastny. Uh, anyways, uh, so late into the window. I mean, what was it, like August 28th, 29th? Something like that. Yeah, you're, he would yeah, you're, out yeah. for a while. Yeah, like that. I think you're getting closer. Yeah, that was like probably the back end of free agency before you got into like whatever period it is after that, even before train camps. So like, it's crazy how late yeah. they got him for the money that they did. And it's just like, no big deal. It just somehow worked. I think also something about the number 26 on Carolina just works. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just some good mojo. I mean, it's just, it's got, maybe the, that number's got some good mojo. I mean, Eric Cole, now stats. I mean, something about 26. It just works in Carolina. It looks nice, too, on a jersey. The, the important part for Stastny, for me, and Barnes, the, both of them have a very similar drive in them, is that they have the veterans of this league. Mm-hmm. Neither of them have won a cup. Mm-hmm. Why are they here? They're not here because they want to play golf, or they just really, really <laughs> like Bojangles. They're here because they want to win a cup. Right. Oh, yeah. But I want to circle back to the defensive group. And Bailey, you mentioned how we have so much talent and now an actual challenge to try to be on that third pair. We currently have the four guys of Calvin DeHaan, uh, Dylan Coughlin, Ethan Bear, and I'm forgetting one, and this Jaylen is really embarrassing. Jalen Chatfield, thank you. Of the four, which one do you think isn't going to make it? Bear. Bear's my kind of number one uh, cut, unfortunately. And this is coming from somebody... I love Bear, um, especially before he got trapped in his covid stint um he was playing really really well um for a guy who was on the third pair uh but i think just now with the amount of talent bringing in uh with uh coglin and dehan it's gonna like they have to him and Chatfield kind of I think have a lot to show for if they're going to try it and challenge that anymore if the decision's not already made. I hate to say it too, but I think it is bare just because the fact that with Chatfield you have to get him through waivers. I think he's too good for the Hurricanes to make that move. Same thing for Coglin. 
And I think just where Bear is right now, $2 million, I think any team, if you went through waivers, would pick him up. So I think the Hurricanes would probably have a better chance of just trading him, which it sucks to say. But unfortunately, I think the COVID did hurt him. He did play a lot of the first line. He did play on the first pair last year, too, um, while D'Angelo was out. And he looked phenomenal with Slavin. But as it stands right now, you don't bring DeHaan back and you get him on a contract so fast into his PTO, like not even like two games into the preseason, he's already under contract. So you're kind of like, all right, well, there's your there's your no-brainer third left D guy. And then Coghlan comes out of no, like, I mean, his first three goals in the league were, was a hat trick for the Golden Knights. Like, this kid can score goals. And we saw how good he was in the preseason, too. And Chaffield's kind of proven all he can in the AHL. And, like, you kind of want to give him a chance in the show. So it's just unfortunate. I think right now you're not going to see the Canes play, not going to have eight guys on defense all season. I think it's just trying to find the cap room to make it work and then find something else later on so that way you're not losing someone through waivers. So, unfortunately, long long answer, it's bare. Yeah, I think this is a big brain moment from either Tolsky or Waddell, whichever one made the decision. They're only keeping Bear so they can try to get somebody for him. Because the reason we got Coughlin and Pacioretty at once is because they had to add a Swedenor because everyone knew Vegas had a cap problem. So we're obviously not just going to help you. We want something for helping you, and that's how we got Coughlin. Yeah. So if we had gotten rid of Bear before Monday at 5 p.m., everyone would have known it was a cap move, so we would have had to pay something for mm-hmm. it Yeah. rather than getting something back for our asset. Holding it until after the roster is due to the league, well, now they can, you know, even if it's just a mid-round draft pick, it's better than having to give a mid-round draft pick or just losing him on waivers. No, I was going to say, it, it's just a matter of when that trade is coming, though, too, because you got to kind of ask the question, is this going to be something a move that they make early on in the season? Or is this going to be something that they wait till the trade deadline for to kind of see where Pacioretty is at to make room for him coming back onto the roster. So Vancouver and Ottawa, right? Yeah. Sorry. have both been linked to him multiple times in the past couple of weeks, but I don't, I feel like they're, it's not going to be in the next week or so next two weeks. They're going to try to see if there's anyone after the first week or two where, you know, one of their defensemen didn't work out. And now they're looking for that person who might have a positive offensive upside and then go. For yeah. That. Yeah. I definitely say you're probably looking, honestly, probably in December. It's probably where you might see an actual move get done just because of the fact that you have some time to figure stuff out and see where you're at from there. Unless, you know, knock on wood, injuries don't happen, stuff like that, and you don't have to worry about bringing forwards up and then trying to figure out how you're going to work your roster then. But I think this is going to be a move before Patrick comes back because when Patrick comes back, you're dealing with his cap hit. Well, that that that's a given. It's just a matter of how soon before. Isn't Patrick still affecting your cap? No, because he's on a non. But it's not LTIR, so he's still. It's he's a non-roster. He's a non-roster injury list player, so it doesn't affect the cap. Listen, I every time I think I know the cap, it's like goaltender interference. Every time I'm like, I got it. I know what's going on. They're like, there, you go. <laughs> uh, there no, is it's, no it's, definition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
it's 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 like no whose line is it anyway where the points don't matter and somehow it just works out it's just hey loopholes in the cap welcome to the nhl where cap cap manipulation somehow works but doesn't so that's why i'm not in the front office because i don't have a big brain to figure that out <laughs> so earlier this uh off season I really, really talked about how I wanted there to be a Hall of Fame because I felt like this would have been the perfect year to do mm-hmm. it and they're going to renovate their arena. So, you know, it all works together. It's time to do it. And someone told me, shut up, they're working on it. So I gave up on it. I was like, oh, look at me. I'm getting stuff done. I've since talked to other people who were involved in the situation. Like, we've been working on this for like a year and a half. And I was like, oh, well, you could have let me have that. But whatever. Uh, but they did officially <laughs> announce that there will be a Carolina Hurricanes Hall of Fame. Um, Finally, Rod Brendamore, Ron Francis, and Glenn Wesley are all automatic entries, and then they will vote in two more people, a player and what they call a contributor, uh, as well this year. What are you guys' initial happiness, you know, joy-filled moments of hearing that we're actually going to have a Hall of Fame? Oh, I was so stoked to hear this, because we've been clamoring for it for years, like, because you want to see something like that with this organization, because, like, you want to have that area to go look at the former past players like a history buff like myself especially when it comes to like hockey and stuff like i want to go reminisce about you know former canes and the fact that you have our three jersey retired players automatics fantastic choices uh cam ward needs to be one at some point so that would be nice um i think it's great and, and like i'm really curious just to see who the player and the contributor would be i would have to say i'm hoping i'm crossing my fingers I'm hoping it's Cam Ward as the as the player and the contributor. I'm probably I'm curious to see if it's gonna be like maybe like a GM or like an owner or something like that, like how that or maybe even a coach or something. But I'm hoping it's Cam Ward because I mean, come on, record for record for wins, Con Smythe. It has to happen. And this is the conversation. I had a very similar conversation with uh, Brad and Ray from the Storm Cellar when we were kind of talking about, yeah, does uh, Cam Ward's number belong in the rafters? I, of course, said absolutely yes, 100%. But uh, Brad was kind of on the fence about it and kind of leaning more towards no, just because... It, like it, it almost it like if there is uh kind of look at it like a hall of fame situation it's not the hall of very very good in his words but he also said if there was a Kane's hall of fame he absolutely belongs there and if if brad from the storms of the cellar is saying that that's how you know like it, it, i i don't know i kind of fall to that but I I'm kind of hoping it's Cam Ward as well. Um, and just because, and this is a conversation I was having with somebody else on Twitter too, about how, yes, he wasn't a legendary player throughout his entire career, but even if you just take one moment out of his career with the Canes, you take that 06 playoff run, put him on the hall of fame for that alone because that is the stuff of legends in Kane, Kane's history, and it belongs. I understand how disappointingly 09 start, uh, finished. Anyone who just, I mean, just go look back. You got swept. It's going to be a disappointment. But Cam, through those first two rounds, or the reason why we won those first two rounds. So I wouldn't even go back to just 06. Look at his full resume. That's yeah, the fair, team yeah. wasn't great after 09, but you can't put that on him. No, and a lot of people tried to, and it's like, that's not how it works. Like, what do you expect a goalie to do when the roster looks like this? 
especially with the coaches we had, whose game plans never worked. The goalie can only save the team so much. Yeah, he, he can't score. He can't make the assist. It's like Bailey just said, the goalie can only do so much. Like, what do you expect Cam Ward to do with a very bad defense and a team who outshot teams by, like, three times the amount but couldn't find the net? Like, you can shoot and go all you want. If you can't put it in the net, that doesn't mean anything. It's just a stat that you have at the end of the night. Just to wrap the Hall of Fame part up, is I actually, my two guesses for who's going to be added is Cam Ward and Trip Tracy. Okay. Ooh. So I, I, I was talking pre-show with Zach because we like to ruin our content before we make it. But we, I was talking about who was actually on who's actually on the selection committee. And, you know, it's who you expect. Tom Dundon, Don Riddell, Mike Foreman, Mike Sunheim, uh, Shane Willis, Mike Maniscalco, oh, crud. Mike Maniscalco, Trip Tracy, Kevin Weeks, which is a cool one. Uh, Luke That's DeCock, cool. Adam Gold. Um, the first time I read this, Trip Tracy doesn't have a dot next to his name. So <laughs> I never uh, noticed So he is right on now. the selection committee. I was just he saying, is on the selection committee. You know what? I, uh, you're, I, no, you know what? No. It's either going to be Chuck Caton or John Forsland. I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, you I know, what? know I, yeah. Forsland would come back for it. I 100% oh, know Forsland for it. Don't uh, know about Caden, though. Caden is yeah. not happy about how things ended. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, that... Dundon's done a lot for the Hurricanes. The way they did Chuck Caton dirty does make sense. I would still... You you have to put Chuck Caton in there, though, for the fact of how long he was with the team. And he was, like, the voice of the Hurricanes on the radio. It's not for me. It would not be a legit Hall of Fame, even even if it's not this year. At some point within the next like five seasons, let's just give it a five year span. If Chuck Caton's not in the first five years of this Hall of Fame, I will not consider it legit until he's in, because if you're talking voices of this team contributors to the Hurricanes, Chuck Caton and John Forsland are an automatic one two. If you ask. Any Hurricanes fan that's relatively, I would say, in the low 20s to now in age that's been around this team for so long, you have to get those two in 100% automatic. The Put it this way. There was not a game that has been played in the NHL by this franchise where Chuck Kane wasn't employed to be the play-by-play man for that game. But uh, the reason I th- also think it's going to be Cam Ward is because there's there's specific roles about who can be put in. Obviously, they're not like Sebastian Ajo is not going to be in the Hall of Fame next year. Uh, so you have to be at least one year from playing in a professional organized like in the league or internationally. Automatically disincludes Eric Stahl, even if he doesn't play this year. And what player is more deserving of the honor than Cam Ward of every player who's retired from the team? I don't see it going anywhere else. I just can't. I mean, it, there there's other guys that absolutely deserve to be in there, but when you're thinking the first player to make it in, I, I nobody comes to mind before Cam Warren does. I mean, because technically Gleason still can't because he's a coach. He can. It would just have to be as a player the way the rules are written. Right. So I would say, I mean, there's a lot of like 06 guys you could make a case for. Like Jay Willie could be one as well. Um, as a player, of course. But does he deserve it more than Cam? I mean, 
He's got the nickname Mr. Game 7, but I think that only takes him so close. It's I think it's still Cam Ward for the fact that he set the record for wins as a rookie in the playoffs. He won the con. And it's just, he's, like, when you think of Cam Ward, you think of that playoff run, especially Game 7. That's It's just automatic. I think, I don't, there's so many guys on the list you could say yeah, should get in. But I don't think Cam. I don't think anyone should be above Cam Ward right now, just to the fact of how he was for the Hurricanes. It just it wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense. We have debates as a fandom on if we should retire Cam, and in the future if we should retire Eric. No one's walking around. Well, why haven't we retired Williams yet? That, that's an interesting point. I, I don't. I never really heard rumblings of a Justin Williams number retirement because of the fact that I think because Jordo also wears 11 so i think it's it's a matter of which number is retired for him though is it the number that he played with in 06 or is it his the number that he ended but his importance is also split across those two numbers so as 11 he was part of the cup runs and Mm -hmm. he i mean game seven empty net you know jumps in the air but then as 14, when he came back, he was part of the leadership group that dragged this team back into relevance. So it's two, the two different numbers mean two different things, too. It's hard. As he is Mr. Game 7, like, do you think if George, like, say the Hurricanes do, when, not if, when they do it again, is there a debate that maybe Jordo gets more of a recognition for 11 than Justin Williams? That I think that's going to be, that's a, that's going to be a debate worth having. Like, who's the better 11 out of those two? Jordan has played more games with that number than Williams did. And Jordan's been through a lot with this team, too. Like, he was through the Dark Ages teams. He was, you know, he came, he was with the current really good run team, too. I mean, just think about it. He's one of the only guys still in the league who has worn the jersey that this throwback jersey is based off of. Yeah. Dude, uh, he's been yeah. here a long time. Yeah, I think I had a conversation with a couple people on Twitter. Like they were talking about former. No, Hurricanes. I don't remember that. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I, I think I had to remind some people. Like, hey, uh, Jordan Stahl would like where I even saved a photo on my phone just as receipts to prove that uh, Jordo did did wear the original jerseys too. <laughs> I literally was running through the list in my head. I was like, okay, who was on the team? And I would search him up on Hockey DB to just make sure they're not still playing, and I. Jordan just went right over my head. I was like, Eric, yeah, no, Eric's on that PTO. And it's like, just he just went straight over my head. Captain of the team, still plays for us, whatever. It was a big moment when he got <laughs> traded here. Completely forgot. Yeah, like I said, Justin, yeah, the the 11 debate would be very interesting when the Hurricanes win it again. So I think that's why a lot of people don't really think of Justin Williams to get a number retirement because the fact that Jordan has been in that number so long that I think it's kind of... Where do you go from there? I think for because no one's really worn thirty since Cam. I think I don't think anyone's worn thirty since. I don't think anyone has. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think it's kind of why I think it's like a respect thing for the Hurricanes is why no they don't let anyone wear thirty because of Cam. And I and I don't know why people want to debate this. Cam has to be retired. Like he he would be the first goalie of this franchise to get his number retired and. There's no other goalie that deserves that more than him. Like, Herbs played really well when he was with the Hurricanes. Weeks, he had his time. Gerbs was really good, too. I mean, we've, we were like Freddy year one. Let's see what happens after that. I mean, 
Heck, even P.M. Razik at some point played really well for the Hurricanes, too. It's just, if you're talking the first goalie to get his number retired, and be the first goalie in the Hurricanes Hall of Fame, both have to go... Both has to go to Cam. So 30 should be in the rafters, and he should be in the Hall of Fame as the first goalie. There's no other goalie that has any relevant shot to make that before him. I would also, the the difference, and this is funny because I don't necessarily like, I wouldn't be mad if they put Cam in, but I'm also, I'm not going to argue passionately that he has to be put in. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not put in, but um, have his number retired. But he was a cornerstone player for the team which is rare in the goalie position. That does not happen often. So, but I'll leave it at that. And then Derek Stepan signed a deal to officially join the roster today. And none Very of us were surprised, about that. right? Nope. Oh, I am so shocked. Who could have <laughs> saw this coming? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, league minimum, $750,000. And yeah, I, I mean, if you were surprised by this, where have you been? We've missed you. Please the, come back. The thing I... The thing I will say about this is I will say the the contract, the the uh, pay for him was a little bit surprising for me because I honestly, I, I could have seen him going higher. Like I, I could have seen him a li- maybe a little over a mil just given when he did play for us last season, he contributed really, really well. Um, and during the preseason, like he, I mean, obviously maybe he wasn't playing like a full NHL caliber team, but he still played really well during the preseason. And so it's almost kind of posing the question too, did he take a pay cut to be with the team or is this what he truly deserved? I think, I think it was a pay cut, honestly, because I think he wanted to stay with the team and he knew the financial wiggle rooming that they had to do to make it work because of where they were at the cap, you know, like not even a week ago when they were like 4.6 over. I think he kind of knew what he was looking at and it's like, okay, do you want to go somewhere else and make more money or do you want to stay with the team that you know is on the precipice of going for a cup? What do you want to do? Like, you know, the system, you know, the guys like we're going to probably tap you as the four C or possible fourth left wing, depending on how they're going to make that work. Him as a center, I'm here for it. If that's how they're going to do it, so just with I th- Jordan Martinuk on the team, yeah, I th- yeah, I th- I think it was more of like he wanted to be in Carolina, so he was gonna, he was going to make it work. However, he's a team first guy, so I think he was going to make it work regardless. So I would add the he definitely took a pay cut, and I don't know if he could have gotten more, but I know he wanted to be here because I think he could have found a job somewhere else in the league and other teams can uh sorry other teams can sign you off of the pto all that a pto is purely in just insurance space and so if the player gets injured they're fine but anyone could have signed them so at this entire point after playing a good preseason someone else could have stepped in and been like hey we have money come play for us which to be fair half the league doesn't have money but the other half the league does and (laughs) this is a side point but i thought about it when i was when bailey was talking you know what excites me the most about tomorrow? We're not going to have to qualify everything we say with, I know it's just the preseason, but I can just I can just have a hot take and it's just my hot take. I don't have to, I know, I know. I am, we're finally, we finally made it. We're finally through the preseason. We're finally at actual games account. I'm just, I'm ready for, I'm ready for opening night. I'm ready for puck drop. And 
ready for the loudest house in the in the NHL to be super loud again because it's actually my first home opener in like twenty something years. So I am really super. Oh yeah, like I it's been a long time and like I might get emotional just because the fact that it's my first opening night in that long as an adult. It's gonna be insane because I mean it's Kane's hockey. I've been to the last uh, three or four. Maybe five. I don't know. Somewhere in that window. I've been to a lot of them. Nobody in likes the past a bracket, Colin. <laughs> I'm sorry. How many players have you met, Bailey? Get off my back. Um, um I met oh. the entire team, 2018 team. So leave me alone. <laughs> and where will you be opening night? Not with Zach and I. I Broke. Yeah. Uh, I, I, anyway, that, that, col- that college. We're gonna go there. <laughs> that college budget in Colorado. <laughs> But the the whole point of me bringing this up is to talk about the opening night roster, which has been officially, officially made. So there was the one they released on Monday night where everyone panicked because Marnook wasn't on it. And now there's like the actual one that they're going to play with, which is obvious. I mean, Jordan's there, Aho's there, Stepan's there after signing his new deal. All of it makes sense. Uh, Kasha is perhaps the one I like had no idea what they wanted to do with him and he's on the opening night roster and then all eight defensemen are listed because they just don't want us to know like that's they were just 100% like I don't know guys figure it out like well I guess well, like, like we were saying earlier it's because of the fact of all the waivers stuff they would have to go through with Chatfield Cogs and Bear any of those guys go on waivers instant snatch by any team so that's why they had to run with the eight to save any of those guys from getting taken straight off waivers. Kasha, I think you, it was kind of a foregone conclusion he was going to make is the fact that they signed him as a free agent in the offseason. And if he's healthy and plays games, he can score goals. He's, he's a 20-goal scorer. So, like, he played really well last year in Toronto before he got hurt. That's an important if. I don't know if you remember us all talking about Max Pacioretty. Hey, only if he stays healthy, we're going to be lethal this year. And then because he decided to come here and meet everyone, well, we'll see you in February, so have a good holiday. Yeah, I think they're saying February 20th <laughs> is when he might come back, so we'll, we'll it's see. It's going to be after the All-Star break. We know that much. It's just a matter of how soon after. Exactly, but I mean, if you look at the rest of the roster, I mean, Stefan Noah said that's not a like we, that was not a surprise. Stats anyone said a surprise. Jordan Martinuk, I think that was just for uh, financial cap fixing around type thing. But I mean, everyone's like, oh, he's going away, he's going to Chicago. No, he's not. He's just staying in Carolina. It's just a here's our submitted roster list. But it doesn't really matter because it is what it is. But I mean, the rest of the roster is not a surprise. I mean. Jack Drury, we all thought he was probably going to come in as a 4C, but the way Stepan was playing, it kind of was like, okay, Jack kind of unfortunately got caught at the wrong time to have Stepan play the way he did. And there's no way you're sending Jordan Martin down to Chicago like that when he's an alternate captain. So it's just, you. I love Jack Drury, but it, it kind of makes sense why the Hurricanes are like, no. Stefan Noison's done too much in Chicago. We can't send him back again. Like, he has to be in Carolina because we well, scored like 40 something goals last year in the AHL. What more else do you really have to prove? And and even if you just score like 15, 20 goals here, that's still 15, 20 goals in the National Hockey League. Like, we'll still take right. it. Yeah, exactly. Points and, are points. He, I mean, he did score. He did score in Carolina last year, too. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not a surprise that he's there. I mean, honestly, this, like, the, like, the Summer Night roster, I have no problems with any of it. It is a fantastic opening night roster to have. And I'm just excited to see what lines are going to be had that night. I mean, they won't be the same as any other night, so it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel I feel like the first and second lines are pretty much clear-cut, if yeah. not kind of interchangeable to a point. We we know we know who our we know who our top six forwards are. I'll I, say that much. I, I still think it's going to be what we've seen where it's Tavo, Aho, Jarvis. Then it's going to be Svetch, KK, and Natchez. I think that's going to be your like automatic top six. Sir, we know who our top we know who our top nine is going to be. Stastny, Stahl, and Faust. It's that fourth line we just don't really know yet. It's going to, it's going to be Kasha, and it's just who's his left wing and who's his center. Which today was Noah Sin left and step on center. So even then, not a bad fourth line to have. But at the same time, then though, too, where does Martin fit in all of that? Is he healthy scratch? Healthy, he's like 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 last year, a healthy scratch rotational fourth line guy, just like last season. Yep, he's gonna have to get very used to that press box. He's gonna have he's he's gonna have to get used to swapping with probably Noison, because if Stepan is gonna be the four C, you don't you don't you don't you don't take Stepan out. I don't even know how, unless Stepan is on fire. Rod does nothing but change up his lines. What <laughs> like Rod? Rod will have a bowl of cereal, decide on lines. He'll walk out to his car, already completely different lineup. He 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 just loves tweaking everything. He, he's eating his alphabet soup and whatever letter pops up on his spoon. That's where we go. <laughs> I actually find it a little funny when we argue about lines and stuff because Rod Woodward doesn't care. Like. TSA is a really good line. I mean, SAT is a really good line. And he's just like, eh, well, maybe. I'm thinking about it. Like, what? And Colin, I'm I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. So, and this is an argument that I've had, or not an argument, but I guess a conversation I've had with a few different people about consistency and how we change up our lines a lot. Our, I, I say we, it's Rod. Rod changes up our lines a lot. And some people may argue that the inconsistency is what's kind of keeping us from going over that hump. Uh, two things. The first one, I definitely get consulted on the lines. Rod and I talk every morning. And, you know, part of my job now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that's Oh, you know, it's really stressful. He, you know, really rude guy, yells at me a lot. It's hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think it actually works in much of the other direction because the lines change so much. And, you know, we I say the lines change so much, but, like, the top, the D pairs almost never change, ever. And Terravine and Aho will always be with each other because the finished connection. What are you going to do? You want points. And then... Stall and Faust going to be together. So it's not it's not so much that we don't let chemistry build. It's that we're, we're just trying to find that whatever gives you that extra bump that game. And we're not, you know, we're not going to have Svechnikov, Aho, and Tovine have the best chemistry on the team. And the other three lines can't figure anything out. You're going to end up like the Oilers. But if you consistently have everyone play with everyone, you're going to build team chemistry. And that's 
that's a lot yeah. more important in my eyes. I, I, I personally, I, I will personally make the argument for versatility any day because I think that is really, really important for a team of Stanley Cup contending caliber. Well, we look at the we look at the roster too. What do you see between beside all the guys' names on this roster? Center, left wing, or left, right wings. Like guys don't have a position; they have multiple positions. Like and that and like you look at Paul Statsny. What is he? Left wing, but he's also a center. Nietzsche is a, Nietzsche was a natural center. Now he's a, now he's a winger, but you can still throw him in a center spot if someone's having an off night in in the dot. That's what Rod loves is a vers- versatile team that he can intermingle and change and make something work. It's not here's your set guy in this set spot. It's who's working well that night. Let's run with the hot hand. I would also say, like God forbid, hope it never happens. A star player gets injured. I'm not going to name anyone because I'm not putting that juju out there. But God forbid a star player gets injured. You don't want someone like I let's see this hard because I don't want to name anyone. It doesn't matter. Okay, say you don't want Natchez to be playing with Aho for the first time that year in Game Seven of uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. You want them to have that chemistry. You want them to be familiar with how each other plays. And by changing the line so often, that happens. Yeah, it's it's just like I said, what work what's working that night and what you could use it as for that game and then go back to it later in the season and be like, okay, I know this works. Let's go back to it because we can maybe we can add that little extra spark to get to the hump, over the hump of that particular game like you were saying, Colin. So yeah, it's and what Bailey was saying, versatility is huge in hockey. It's not here's your set lines and that's it completely for the whole season. You can make it work. We know consistency worked. The The thing is, we know consistency works. I mean, we saw it with the team that just won the cup this past uh, year. Like, they, they were a very consistent, like, you know almost certainly what the lines are going to look like before the game is played. Um, like, there's no guessing game to be played like we kind of play before games. But I also think, it, like, we, we've gotten this far with playing with a versatile team it's just a matter of what is there any aspect of that that we have to change in order to get over the hump that we've been trying to get over for the past four years our hump is also no like none of it we're not sitting here today like oh my god i can't believe we lost the rangers what happened we all know what happened mm-hmm. we didn't score goals yep and he, he goes to and work woke up <laughs> it's, it wasn't even Igor that we just didn't score goals, like well, all well, but it, yeah, it, it's both. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just the, all yeah, but two of those games. Road. Yeah, well, it's not even it's not even like that. It's, even at home, all of those games, excluding Game Seven, were one point games. And going back to Boston, so the entirety, excluding Game Seven, Round Two, it's it's just these close games. We get a greasy goal there or here. Those series don't get to Game Seven. Which is why it's important to now have Brett Burns, who's going to take a thousand shots, or Paul Stastny, who knows how to bury pucks, or just testing Kakanyemi. I personally think Kakanyemi's going to do very well at 2C. I'm not going to get too deep into it, because I'm going to bring it up later. But I personally think it's going to do really well, and it's going to help Natchez get his confidence back. And uh, not Sebastian, um, Svechnikov to get his confidence back. Well, that, like, it's a, that, I'm literally calling that the confidence line. It's because none of them Can really have it, but thing? they're going to get it together. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah. yeah, here we go. 
I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, Svech looked really good in the preseason. I mean, Martin Nietzsche. So that did Nietzsche's. Nietzsche's in that that four point. I mean, I know it's pre it's preseason. <laughs> See but exactly. It's preseason, <laughs> but but I mean, four like four points that night. I mean, you could not be more happy for Martin Nietzsche's to just go absolutely off in a preseason. It's preseason, but I still consider like okay, that's huge for him going into the season with a lot of question marks because. You know who's going to get a contract going into this year. Where he's going to play in the lineup. You throw him in that two right wing spot with KK and Svech. That line was looking pretty solid for the preseason. Like I'm excited to see how that line's going to be. It's like it might be sneaky good, and it's going to surprise a lot of people. So uh, I'm not going to torture you guys a little bit and put you on the spot and make you predict a lot of things, but not really. And uh, no one will judge you if you're wrong, mainly because no one's either going to remember or go back and listen to this episode. So, so we we take on Columbus for the first game of the season tomorrow night. Zach, what do you think is going to happen? Win, loss, a thousand points, zero points. Freddie Anderson's going to grow wings. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Kings won by ninety. No, I'm just, I'm just. I'm just uh, <laughs> oh, that. Would someone called James F. Oh, that would be a good night. <laughs> The Battle oh, no. of Alberta? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we all know what happened in the preseason game where it got goony really late because I mean, Carolina was just absolutely donkey stomping Columbus. But I mean, I think we're gonna get a win. I mean, it's opening night at PNC. Like, it's gonna be a ruckus crowd for the 25th anniversary season. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on that team. But I mean, this team is used to pressure. I think we're going to see a I think we're going to see a 4-2 win from the Hurricanes. And I it's it's just going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great night. It's just it's going to be loud. It's going to be a loud arena. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, be really fa- loud. And especially after what? especially opening night tailgate. Oh, it's going to be absolutely bonkers. That's going to be so great. Oh, I'm, I'm here for it. What do you think is going to happen, Bailey? I could see a 3-1 win happening. Ooh. Um it really, I'm trying to think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go kind of a different route with predictions, and I'm gonna go Canes with a over forty shots or over fifty shots. Okay. I'm gonna go Ooh, Canes okay. over fifty shots. Ooh. On goal. That's my. I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Like, I was gonna say like thirty-five or maybe close to forty, but fifty. Somewhere between forty and fifty. That that that's where my project, prediction is lying. Dang. If we get above 50 shots on goal, we would have scored like six or seven times. I'm putting that out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, like there was no point, way. Even I mean, an NHL like, goaltender is going to be able to stop a large percentage of 50 shots from our. And, 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 unless you're Jake Ottinger and you just go God mode. Right. <laughs> on the first night of the season, though, like you were still getting off the rust. There was no God yeah. mode that early. But I mean, and the reason the reason I say that the reason I put that prediction in is because we do have Brent Burns, who we know if we have multiple power play opportunities, guy's gonna be off the charts. I I, I can I like that's I feel like that's not even prediction. Like I feel like I'm like looking into the future, and I like I I, I don't know. Um, I, I was but, even yeah. Dylan Coglin too. Cogs yeah, is going to go absolutely off too as well. Even if Dylan Coglin doesn't have a lot of shots on goal, we know he's got a heck of a slap shot. So even if we're not seeing a lot of shots on his end, we're seeing high quality shots and it's, it's quality over quantity with him. I think 
that uh that first preseason game where he got three assists, he was asked after the game if that should be like his standard. You know, every night we should expect him to be putting up at least three points. And he was just like, I really hope not, and just starts laughing and walks away. It's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's like, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. It's preseason. Bye. That was just a Sprock prospect a few years ago. Calm down. We'll get into it. Yeah, I, I'm just going to be waiting for the contract extension for Dylan Coghlan to be here for the next, like, five seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, we got, a lot of, we got a lot of contracts to extend in the next five years, too, so... Uh, I would say not even, I was next three. <laughs> not to jump on it, but we don't have any goalies under contract past this season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting fact. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. But that's a real fact. That's oh, no, just no, like two I, years I, ago. Let's see what happens. I, I've already made a prediction for next season who our goalies are going to be. Ooh. I think we keep uh, Anderson. Don't keep Ronto. Find another backup for Anta. Maybe bring Ned back. You know, he learned the error of his ways. He'll take a pay cut to win a cup. <laughs> no. Well, actually, okay. So, honest prediction here. That was me just trying to make a joke. It's going to be um, <laughs> uh, Anderson and I'm forgetting his name. Um, Kachekov. Oh, no. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm forgetting everyone's name today. Is that your, oh, is yeah, that your backup? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, is that who you think it's going to be? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anderson Piotr next season. Lock yeah. it up. Sign it. They'll okay. give him that yeah. full season in the AHL this year to, you know, get yeah. make sure he's able to do it and then go from there. I mean, he did pretty well last year when he was with Chicago. So, I mean, give him a full season I mean, they, this Did they year. win anything? Come on. Everyone knows cup or bust. So, unless they won the Calder, <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, I know they're going to give away some free banners on opening night for the Wolves in a few days. So, I mean, maybe it's a pre-curtain. Nice it must. Be, I think it's a precursor to what we're going to see with the big club this year. Knock on wood. So oh, I, mean... I like that. That's a good marketing strategy. Uh, if, so if we talked about it a little bit, but that emotional like season trailer they released that doesn't show any actual hockey, but how it was to like go up with the team tells me that they're going to definitely pull my emotions tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be like, "Hey, you came here to watch hockey? Well, you're about to be a grown ass man crying in an arena with nineteen thousand other people. <laughs> Get used to it." Uh, and then it's going to be a coming out party. Oh yeah, like I, I already said earlier, like I'm going to be emotional tomorrow night because of the fact that like, it's the first time opener. You know they're going to do a lot of crazy stuff to get you like hyped up for the season. 25th anniversary, everyone's going to have their flags. You know that everyone's going to get. You're going to get some montages. You're going to get the new, you know, season video for all the pregame stuff. You're going to get the light show. You're going to have all the introductions of all the guys. You know, you're going to have, like, the Metropolitan Division banner, all that stuff. It's it's just, it's going to be an absolute madhouse. The siren's going to go off. Everyone's just going to go crazy. Guarantee you they've already hung that banner. That banner's already in the rafter. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, I know it already is, but, you, you know, they're going to shine a light on it. They're going to do, they're going to do all the theatrics. They're going to, they're going to make you ready for puck drop. A season opener is already this very unique event because, you know, they're going to introduce every player, the coaches, everyone has their moment where they get cheers. But the Hurricanes also do, I haven't been to any other playoff barn excluding our own, and I've never been to another team's opening night because I'm not a trader. But they do this thing where they make, like, these recap videos, almost as if you're, like, returning to your favorite soap opera. The last season, the Carolina Hurricanes, and it tells the story of the season. And I... I 100% think they're going to go back 25 years. They'd be like, okay, 
1997, right? And this crazy guy named Peter was out here looking for a new place to go, and then somehow going to end with Rod Brindamore being the greatest coach of all time. I can, I can, I can envision it happening. What I think would be really cool to start that video off with is that one audio, and I heard it somewhere on Twitter today, where it was uh, basically the the audio of announcing the relocation. Oh, that was from the video. Was, yeah. yeah, that was from the video. Yeah, I, yeah, like the yeah, they're going to Carolina for the '97 season. I'm hoping, and I think they're going to do it. I hope we get a Cam Ward chicken wing save from Game Seven. Oh, you know they have to. On that you have to. to. Which it's like the empty netter in Game Seven. You just have to play it. Oh, like yeah. It's one of well, the, it's in the contract. So, Speaking of that, Colin, uh, all I have to say is you have to watch our next YouTube version of the podcast because we got some uh, new additions to the oh, YouTube yeah. exclusive. A little teaser. A new intro? Okay. We got we got it. We got a new intro for the YouTube version only, so people will have to go watch it. But uh, there's some really cool uh, stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So, But I, I hope we get some Cam Ward saves from 07. Of course, you know, Rod doing his little stomp, raising the <laughs> cup, and then it's just, ah, everyone's going to start crying. This is the only moment I'll ever say this, but Rod's cute little stomps after he grabs the, the little cup. stompy. And he, he can't wait for Batman to announce it. He's just like, give me the stupid trophy. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and then that's why, and that's why, the, that's why the, the league does not like the Hurricanes, because Rod Brandemore was like, dude, I don't <laughs> care. Just give me the, like. <laughs> like, Gary, no like one likes you. Just shut up and hand it to me. <laughs> I wonder, like, I wonder what the over under is going to be for 25th anniversary jerseys tomorrow night at the arena. Like, it's only, it's already been like five days. There's since... no way they don't sell out of whatever they have in stock. No mm-hmm. way. Luckily, already bought mine online. <laughs> it's an, in, it's. I had it for an in store pickup, so I'm, that's why I'm going up there early. Like, I know this is coming out on the day of, but like yeah. tomorrow, like this we're will be out early. probably like 2 a.m. So. So basically, like we're going up early around lunchtime, so I can go to the store, and grab it, and stuff like that, because it's because they're, they're debuting it that night. So for the fact that I have our 25th anniversary jersey on the debut night of the 25th season, like it's just like how can you not be romantic about hockey, especially mm-hmm. well, sorry, how can you not be romantic about Hurricanes hockey, like that? I've legitimately watched that like. Uh that trailer they released today and i realized i keep talking about it but like it really did head home i was really like oh my god i mean it reminds me it's it's how i got into the game in a sense too because i mean and that's i think why it hits home for a lot of people is because like they everybody has experienced at least some version of that moment in that video yeah, and I sent it to my dad, and I was just like, "This was basically my childhood." And I would call him. You can agree with me here. It's like we were th- like we were really young when the team came to Carolina. Like we're talking like Greensboro days. Like you know, see them against you know my Ducks of Anaheim or or Pittsburgh or whoever in the preseason at the Coliseum. Then you get to ninety nine Devils opening night at the, at the. Was it RBC at the time, or was it the Carolina? It was the Raleigh Entertainment and Sports Arena. Thank you. Yes, because there is that weird period of where it was that before it became RBC, but like '99, that was it. And then you get to 2002, you're in a Cup final, 
not that far after you're like you win the cup in 06 and then it's just the fact that you see all the montage like the fact like the kid growing up seeing all that all that stuff happening it's just you basically relived your childhood through that video and that's the thing that's why a lot of us got emotional because it's like holy crap we're there like at the very end of the video that's where we're at right now and it's like yep. how can you like I, said, I don't know how you can not be emotional about the hurricanes Mm-hmm. Like be a some people, not have a like, like I get it. Yeah. Some people, yeah, but like you know, a lot of us might have a second team just because of the fact we all love hockey and you know, growing up, blah blah blah. It happens, mm-hmm. but your first love is the Hurricanes, and reliving through all that. I don't know. How, I don't know how you cannot love that and not get emotional or get teared up a little bit, like not going back through memories. Mm-hmm. Of going through that, like, like I found, like I found a clip of the original, like opening when they had like the Robo Pig. Um, oh my god, the Robo Pig! Yeah, you know, yeah it like, looks, it's terrifying. Like it should not yeah, have existed. Uh, <laughs> I, the thing is, like I had, like I because I post, I tweeted out like months ago, and it was like the original opening was it was the original Southeast Division, and like that's the kind of the beginning video for the pre for the pregame that you saw. With Rocky like a hurricane behind it, and it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to the year it's twenty-five. Yeah. yeah, like that. Like 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 basically like like it doesn't matter how old you are, you have some recollection to growing up with this team, and now you're hearing twenty-five years and you're getting all of this nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like six jerseys this year. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting the reverse retro two point You're getting the stadium series. You got the Whalers jersey. You know, the home, the roads, and then you get the sick. Now you get this 25th anniversary jersey, which is another yeah. NHL record, by the way. We're just collecting them this season. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. And just the fact of how these 25th anniversary jerseys are so perfect mm-hmm. to the original 2002 to 2006 frame. The sparkle silver is back. You've got the one warning flag. The original fonts back. The distinct banner on the bottom of the jersey. Like it is legit copied but perfectly done in the adidas version it's a modern throwback mm-hmm. and they nailed it perfectly so beautiful sorry i know it was a long-winded thing but it's just like no i got us way off track i started that but that was 100 percent. i was nostalgia for a second and then bailey just had to sit there while you and i were like but you don't understand like so buffalo was there no one thought we were gonna beat buffalo but then we beat buffalo <laughs> it was this big thing and, but um go anyways be, go beat go be jersey <laughs> oh my fucking new jersey man anyways not my point. <laughs> sorry but, I mean, uh, like, but but bailey like what was it like for you though because i know i went long way with my answer and i'm sorry but like what was it for you seeing that like video drop today from the hurricanes no, like like I kind of said earlier, I, I felt like I was this kid living through his eyes. Like, the, this was me, like the bulletin board in front of his desk when he kind of got and sat down. Um, it, like, that was me at my desk. Like, I had so much Hurricanes memorabilia, the bobbleheads, stuff like that, which bobbleheads are coming back. I don't know. We haven't really mentioned that yet, which I think is so cool. Um but just it like it, that I felt like I was that kid like that that was me like at a young age maybe I didn't like I wasn't even born when the team came to Carolina but like it, it's just it's 
everybody has something to relate to this and i felt like this kid it, like th- this is me like that kid is me that's how i got into the game that's how it, i don't know it was just it was super emotional for me in that way just i, I don't know i i couldn't cry because i was i, I watched it on my 10 minute break at work but Like, I I felt like I wanted to. I woke up to it. Like, within two minutes of them tweeting it out is when I woke up. I immediately watched it. And then one of my husband was like, you have to watch this. And he was like, I don't, (laughs) like, oh, yeah, it's a good video. I was like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) This is Um, me, man. This is me. Yeah. Like, I I cried at work. story. I mean, I I cried at work. I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. I even tweeted it out. Like, White Kings, you got to, like, warn us first. And, like, everyone was losing it because it's just. The, the the team makes amazing videos, like the Hur- the Hurricanes videography team and the content team absolutely nail it all the time. Like they don't miss. It's insane. I still my favorite thing. I don't remember where he was talking about it, but it was Mike Sunheim was on a podcast and it, it, they talked about what was happening with the offer sheet with Kakanyemi's last off season, and. He uh, sometimes tell the story of like, so I told them, I was like, hey, we're probably about to do this thing. So, you know, go ahead and create a graphic or something. And I don't remember the name of the person. I kind of feel bad now. But someone came to him and was like, I have this idea. What if we just tweeted out an Uno reverse card? And apparently Mike's exact response was, yeah, that, that. And then, then the, the meme of the year uh, was generated in the hockey world. Like, that reverse card was epic. And I don't understand how they didn't win the award for like best social media team this year but that whatever. is absolutely that oh Ooh. sorry i'm gonna get ranty i touched a nerve didn't i <laughs> it's an absolute joke that toronto of all teams wins it and i am absolutely sorry toronto does nothing for social media yep. i i don't see yep. anything that even remotely comes close to what care there Name another team. I would say probably Colorado is a close second. You cannot name me another team in this league that even remotely gets close to what Carolina does on the socials. Like I will everyone say, says, they're between... the most fun team in the league in all sports. Tampa's pretty good at it, but they're nowhere. Near I will say Nashville. Are. Nashville has been kind of picking it up with their social media game lately. That's because they, they messed with them too much. They had no other choice. <laughs> um. <laughs> They they completely fumbled the Nino Nino Rider thing. No, I know. Yes, they did. Yep, yep. yep. So they don't respect Nino enough, and I'll never give them credit because it's <laughs> Nashville. And I, if they ever come in our division, if, if we ever revamp the Southeast Division, they come in our division, I will absolutely be ruthless to the Predators, even more than I already am now. Because I hate. I, that I don't team. know. I'm pretty ruthless. Oh, I can't stand They'll the score Predators, a goal, but... and I'll be like, "Look, another banner!" Like it's. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> but... fair to them. Toronto oh did not deserve that, and I'm I don't know I don't know how you don't give it to Carolina. Like, even the people in the replies are like, Carolina would like a word. Like yeah. even the Hurricanes were kind of like, um, excuse us. Like I I'm I'm still waiting for the Carolina Hurricanes slash Wendy's Twitter like <laughs> chirp beef to happen because who would win in that fight on Twitter? Wendy's or or the or the Canes Twitter team? The Canes. Like, because at the end of the day, they don't, like they're not trying to sell a product. They're just like, yo, whatever matches our brand, we don't care. But yeah, it's just like uh, the oh the thing gosh. that got me about Toronto, and then we'll move off of this, is that you know the three of us consume more hockey media than the average fan. 
I think that's fair mm-hmm. to say. Oh, yeah. couldn't tell you oh, the last yeah. time I saw a post about Toronto that wasn't in some way connected to Steve Dangle or his co-host. <laughs> like, it, it, I don't, I, or, I literally can't Austin think Matthews. of another piece of content. I don't, yeah, but it's not even about the Leafs. It's just like, look, it's Austin Matthews and his friend Justin Bieber. It's like, okay, but that has nothing to do with the team. Yeah, it's, but when you think of the Maple Leafs, who do you think of Steve Dangle? Yep. Basically, yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so the Canes are going to win 4-0, by the way. It's going to be a shutout. Whatever goalie starts tomorrow, I don't care. They're getting the shutout. It's going to be a coming okay. out party. Brett Bournes is going to dominate. Uh, the top line is going to dominate. The um, confidence line going to dominate. Everyone's just going to dominate. We're going we're gonna to make Columbus be like, oh, we might need to bring Tortorella back. Like, that's how bad we're going to be. <laughs> Actually, by the way, I do, like, I do like that line name, the confidence line. I'm here for it. Yeah, we need to make that trendy. Thing. We need to make I mean, that a thing for, for Kane's Twitter. Both of us have microphones to do it, so we just have to stick with it. Yep. Yep. Why not? Hey, okay. hey the confidence line looked really good tonight. Yep. Exactly. Hey, if the, Bru- the confidence if the Bruins line? Can... It's the cock and yimmy line. You don't know? Come on. Yeah. If the yeah. Bruins can make give their lines a name, why can't we? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I also feel like ours at least a little jab at ourselves. Like they need more confidence. The confidence line, but the perfection mm-hmm. line. Excuse me. Have you never <laughs> heard of the hockey gods? What is wrong with you? Right. Yeah. Uh, the perfection line didn't look too perfect against the Hurricanes in the playoffs. No, it but did not. I mean. Well, I'm sure they're going to start off the season well, right? Like, they're all there. They can all, right? No? Okay. Uh, so this <laughs> next segment... Oh, Brad segment, on the IR? <laughs> I actually took him. I have him on my injury reserve for my fantasy team, so... I mean, hey, it's a, it's a good uh, long... That's a good long yeah. con play. It's it's smart. I wanted, it's smart. I wanted patches, but someone actually drafted him. And I was like, well, I'm not. I'm not going to waste a pick on no. him. No. You can pick um, him up later. Exactly. Also very There's jealous. There's going to be someone I, I can get I, points from. I'm actually very jealous that you're part of the Kings Cast Fantasy League. That is, I'm, I'm mad at myself for not getting into that because you know that's going to be fun. I just randomly like I, uh, I'm normally pretty good about listening to podcasts within like the first three hours where they come out, uh, because I I'm grateful enough to work at a place where I can just throw in an AirPod and it doesn't matter. So I heard it and I was like, "There's no way I'm going to be be the one of the first eleven people I did it." I was like the third, and I was like, "Oh." I might need to get life. That might need to happen. Anyways, but it's been pretty cool. I got to draft against Shane Willis and Mike Maniscalco, and every time they drafted someone, I was like, I don't know this name. Is this some deep pick? Like, this, is this cheating? I feel like they know too much. Like, anyways. Oh, yeah. Shane Willis? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that it's, dude's got hockey knowledge for days. Like, I'm, like, I'm he scared. He was happy to trash talk, too. It was all about... One of the his first like he entered the chat and the first thing he said was have fun fighting it out for a second this year boys. It's like okay man, <laughs> okay. That sound that sounds like Shane Willis. I absolutely love it. I'm, Dude, so I'm, great. Dude's a gem. but he is. It, it's a shame the way his career ended, but I feel like he turned it into a positive, which is very weird. Oh, yeah. Rare Zach says all the time Shane Willis is his big what-if player. He, so. yeah, I, I, he I is. He's a huge what-if player. <laughs> see, see, me, see. She you guys right. talk about this. That's it. Co-host yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, like, he will always be my biggest what-if for the Hurricanes. Like, mm-hmm. 
We have other ones too, like you know, Lance Lindholm and you know, Noah Hannafin if they were on the Good Hurricanes teams. But now nah, Shane, I feel like it's Shane different Wallace, with he... Shane because it's not that we traded him away. I mean, we, he did go to Tampa, but it wasn't. Be, we didn't trade him away because we didn't think he didn't have promise. It was just because his injury changed his game so much that he was never going to be the player he was destined to be. Yeah, exactly. But, Which. Yeah. Finishing on that note, we're going to go to over-unders. So this one, if you know anything about gambling, it's pretty simple. Are they going to be over or under whatever I'm about to say? So the first okay. question is, the Carolina Hurricanes will have 116 points. Do you think they're going to get over that or under that? There is no that exact thing, by the way. So you have to go over-under. There's no match. Mm. So, uh... will the Carolina Hurricanes have 116 points this season? That would tie the franchise record set, set last season. Uh, Bailey, you want to go, go first on this one? I, and I, I, I might sound like a little bit of a pessimist here. I think I'm going to go under. Well, I already know my answer, Zach. So I'm also going under, and there's a good reason for it. So what are you at, Zach? The way, and I, I will defend mine real quick. And if I, I'm going to say if it's under, it's not by much. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think it's the fact of how the season started last year. I think that was a big contributor to the Hurricanes of why they got to the 116. I want to be. I just. I want to say over just to be that guy, but. Do it. Gonna... Do it. Go. No, do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Not depression. No. no. First thought no, that comes to mind. Pressure. Over or under. P or pressure. <laughs> I'm going to say under, but it's going to be like 112 or 114. That's kind of so, where I'm at. In my head, it was the exact same thought process, actually, is I don't know if we're going to go undefeated in October. Like, that does not happen often. That just, you know, was a nice part of last season. And then yeah, a lot well, of the East has gotten better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and plus too, like we have our home opener, and then for the next like what almost two weeks, we're on the road yeah. for a lot of it because of the mm-hmm. state fair. So, which is stupid, a, but not the point. Oh, and the I bad thing is a, a lot of it's on the West Coast too. Like we got a lot of late games. That's like, a great lot for of late me. games. <laughs> Listen here, okay. Mountain Times, and we don't want to hear your nonsense. <laughs> Hey, no, this is great for me because for... I get I get I get off at six, and that means I actually get to watch a good portion of the games at the beginning of the season. So, anyway, yeah, <laughs> luckily, I think the LA games that Monday game against the Kings might be the only one I'm going to miss to start the season because I have to work the next day, and it starts at ten on the East Coast. So, <laughs> this the yeah. the cracking game on that Thursday though will be a little bit different because it's at a decent time. But, <laughs> so the second one brutal. is. Will Brett? Uh, why do I have thought Brent? I do this name all the Brett time for years, legitimately years. It wasn't until like three days ago I was going to look something up and I typed in Brett Barnes and I was like, "You mean Brent Barnes?" And I was like, "No, freaking idiot!" <laughs> and no, actually, I definitely, definitely did. Been calling by the wrong name this whole time. But yeah, uh, you're thinking Brent of Brett Pesci. <laughs> that has to be what it is, right? Like it's just Brett yeah. is just stuck mm-hmm. in my head. We have but, so many bees but, on this team. We have so many bees. It's insane. Well, we use, we have so many yes words or just words. However, like they each pronounce it slightly different. But it's like, guys, it's too close. You need to stop it. Like, calm down. Brent, uh, legally Brent, change your name. Come on. Brett. Exactly. It's just for Brady. Me too. It's just because it slightly bothers me. Change it. 
Anyways, will Brent Barnes have 76 points this season that would tie his career high? Ooh. Over under, right? Yep, yeah, over under. Under. Man, ah. I'm going to say under, but I think he's going to hit 60. Okay. If I extend it to he will get 76 points within the next three seasons, so like within that season have 76 points, out of one out of the next three seasons, do you think he'll do it over under? The next three seasons. Uh, Possible over. Possible over. I, I I still take the under. I'm going. Was so it? I, I agree with both of you that he's probably not going to do it this season. But if you look back in our recent history, both Tony D'Angelo and Dougie Hamilton set career highs in Carolina because that's of yeah. the offense they can generate here. Neither well, I yeah. shouldn't say neither of them, but Dougie has not outperformed his time in Carolina. And I'm sorry to Flyers fans, but Tony D'Angelo will not outperform what he did no. last year in Philadelphia. Won't even get nope. close. But eventually, um, I think Barnes can get to the point where he can have that career year. Okay, here. you know, I'll, you know, I'll take if we're doing, talking the next three seasons with this contract that he has left, I'll take the over. I'll take the over that he can do seventy six this year. Probably not, but man, I say I, you know, I'm calling it next year, twenty three, twenty four, career high. I'm holding you to it. If he doesn't, the last game of the season, when they call you up and be like, you'll never hear the end of it, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I already got enough forty people. years from I, now. <laughs> I'll I give you a I already, like, remember that one time? Hey, <laughs> I already got enough people are are, are going to give me crap already for a lot of takes I have. So you you're just, just add your name to the list. It's all right. Welcome to hey, sports you... media. <laughs> oh, what? Just welcome to hockey media. If you don't have yeah. a laundry list of people who are ready to call you out for your takes, you're not doing it right. Yeah. So. Basically, yeah. Those hot takes are not hot. That's what that means. But the next your one, lukewarm takes aren't don't care here. <laughs> yeah, your lukewarm takes are just headlines from stuff that has already happened. <laughs> uh, I'm stealing that from someone. I don't know who it is, but I've heard that before. Uh, Aho Sebastian Aho, excuse me, will have 99 points next season. Over. I'm gonna under. go under, but not by much. Over. I'm going over. Hundred. Yeah. Over. Look at that. Over. He's. Totally uh, gonna break the century mark. Well, I should I say, say I, I, but he should. I I say one hundred and one. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm gonna take the under on this one, but it's not by much. Yeah, and I the only reason I say this, the only reason I say it is because you look back in Kane's history, or at least the past four or five years, you see how spread out our scoring is across our lines. So I I think Aho is going to be our main points generator for the team. Like he's going to have the most points on the team, but you still got to take into account the other guys that are going to be contributing as well. While I, I acknowledge the fact that we do spread out our scoring, I think this year we will just score more. And, and that's he, uh, what he, he had 85, 86, something like that. 80 something last year. I can yeah. see him getting another 20 points somewhere in the mix. He also had some stretches where he was kind of like, he disappeared a little bit. If he stays consistent, mm-hmm. he'll do it. So, but there, Colin, there, Colin there's I get that, you. There's that if. There's that if. It's so, all ifs. 
Yeah. It's all so. ifs. That's all we do here is, yeah. well, if everything goes according to the plan I have in my head, everything will be fine. We'll yeah. win the cup five times in a row, and I'll die happy. It's not yeah, going to happen, I, I but mean, if I mean, it does... I mean, we, know, yeah. we all know how the hockey gods work, though, so... Yeah. Oh, you mean chaos mode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they know nothing else. Yep. Okay. Will Seth Jarvis have 50 points next season, which will be 10 more points than he ended last year? He ended last year with exactly 40 points. You mean this season? Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know. It's only <laughs> oh, opening night. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is my lock-in pick. Hit the over. Hit the over and lock it in. I'll, I'm, I'll I'm, take I'm, over on that. I'm, ta- I'm taking 55 plus. Give yeah, me okay. all day. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll I'm even gonna, go I'm as far go. as saying 65. Ooh. Ooh. You know what? You know what? All right. Let's get spicy Because you got to take into account, too, he didn't spend the entire season with the Canes last season. No, he, he, no, he spent no, no. no, he did. He played he the whole he year the with them. With he just was on the fourth and third line it, yeah, for a he, lot of it. He didn't spend it okay. with Aho and Teo Vinen, which is that, where things okay. he, he had a He had, like, the Columbus game, third line. Uh, yep. The Montreal game, fourth line. Give him okay. second. My give bad. him third. I don't give know him where fir- that's coming from in my head, then. Come on, Bailey. What are we doing? <laughs> First or second <laughs> line all season, we're good to go. You know what? I'm going to get more spicy for you. 70-plus for Ooh. Seth Jarvis this season. And like, okay. I, I, I don't my, know if I'd go my, that high. <laughs> I, I already say he's going to go to the All-Star game this year, too, so I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to get that many points, because then we have to pay him as a 70-point player, and that's going to be stupid all right, expensive. All right, all right, fine. 65, or 66. No, no, Let's no, I mean, 66. stay with it. It's also <laughs> like, of course I want him to do that, because if, if Seth Jarvis is out here scoring 70-plus points, I'm going to go buy the banner now, like... Yeah. <laughs> no, like taking taking contract and money out of it, like that would be amazing. Like I want him to thrive as a player, but we also I, don't have monopoly money to play with. Yeah, we, it's, there's we, already going to be a lot of tough choices coming up. I mean, yeah. well, also remember though, the cap is going up the next few years as well. So we are we are getting increased cap space because they're That's saying, true. I think I read it, I forget where I read it, but they said in the next five seasons, maybe. Seven at the most, you're looking at a ten million dollar increase on the cap. It's, so, it's going to be way before that. It's going to be the next like four, but we still have two years before that affects us. So next year it's right. still one whatever, and then the year after that it's going to be four, and then that's yeah. when we have to resign Aho. Aho is going to get it at least, and I mean at least ten million dollars per season. Okay. Okay. Yep. You, I don't, the I don't year see, after I don't that, you got well. Actually, I think it's that same year you have Pesci. So do you let Pesci walk and you keep him? I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of tough choices coming yeah. up, and of course, hometown, a, hometown discounts, baby. <laughs> Stay in That's Carolina. Not a thing. That's not a thing. Um, uh, the Jake Bruins. Uh, the Bruins okay. would like a word on hometown discounts. The, that's. I feel that's different. And follow me on this one because it's going to be a little rude, but it's also Boston, so I don't super care. Is everyone who took hometown discounts in Boston or like part of? I don't want to say this. I have to say it. I already started. Or just part yeah. of like the Boston mafia. Like you know, we do whatever we want because we're effing <laughs> Boston. And okay, yeah, you because that doesn't play well in other markets. Like Brad Marchand licking people does not play well <laughs> in Anaheim. 
It just doesn't. You do that in Minnesota, yeah. people are going to look at you weird. Mm-hmm. So you have That's to take that Dean discount because your your personality just it won't play in Carolina. Like we, I mean, we I, we're not going to be like, yay. You lick people like this. It's a weird thing to yeah, do. I mean, I think I think that's illegal in like forty-seven states in the continental United. <laughs> so I mean, and the one is yeah. not as like West Virginia, which doesn't count anyways. <laughs> no, never. Ding, 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 I shouldn't ding, say ding, that. Ding, I actually have good listeners in West Virginia. Anyways, <laughs> West Virginia is a great yeah. state and a you valued should, piece of the union. You should have just said that about Tennessee or Alabama. You probably would have been fine. Now you went too far. Alabama, yes. Tennessee, no. I also have good listenership in Tennessee. Also, weirdly, Germany. <laughs> so if you're that German listener who listens every episode, this is your shout out. I mean, hey, the search, hey, the search cast is top 10 in Denmark, so, I mean. I used to be. I'm, I'm in the top 20 now. It's uh, it's definitely a disappointment. I had to call my mom. She was upset. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll do the extra credit assignments. Uh, the next one is, is uh, Kak and Yemi can have 50 plus points. I'm sorry, 50 points this season. That would over. his career over. high is only thirty four. Over. Doesn't even let me finish. Why? Over. Because of the confidence line. Are you saying the confidence line is so good yeah. that he'll get more he, than fifty points? I mean, yeah. he got thirty six on the fourth line in his first year under the under Rod system. Give him the give him the two C spot with power play time. Oh yeah, hit the yeah. over on that easily. Lock that. You would lock that one in too over yep will andre svechnikov score 40 goals this season over that is 10 more than his career high of over over bailey's hey. not so sure though svechnikov hey he's found a way to hit slappers he's gonna be dangerous I know. now i know he's if you move. think cock and yemi is gonna get 50 plus points i think svechnikov has to have 50 goals at that point to help him get there. That's fair. He, hey, remember, remember in Happy Gilmore? Because uh oh, Happy learned how to putt. Same thing for uh, Svetch. Uh oh, someone's learned how to hit a slapper. Yeah. yeah. You you put him in the in the OV spot on the power play. I don't want that though. <laughs> I'm just saying you have that. to. I'm just saying, Svetch learned how to hit a slapper. That's going to be a problem for a lot of people in this league. It is going to be a problem for a lot of people. It sucks to be you guys, but yeah, I feel uh, like Colin, you 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 brought a point logically. If Kokaniemi get or Kokaniemi gets uh, fifty plus points, such kind of has to score those forty plus goals. I feel like I'm thinking illogically though, and saying that well, that's part it, of being a fan. Run with it, right? I, I I'm gonna go under, but not by much. Over. Get it up to that 40. You've been in Colorado. Know, and, and, <laughs> You've been oh in Colorado god. for too long. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, blame, I blame Grant. I, blame, I also I blame, blame Grant. Listen, you, they win a cup. You're thinking about running away, and pasture's always green on the other side. But I'll tell you what, nothing's better than Carolina, okay? Nothing's better. No, no, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. But <sighs> I, I just. It, you, so you said, what was his career high? What is 30. his career? Uh, 30, which he did last 30? year. Season. <sighs> yeah, I feel like illogically I'm going like 38, 39. Logically, wow. he has to get around 41, 42. I would say, remember how many empty nets he gets. It's like Rod purposely puts true. it out there when there's an empty net. This is true. So, 
I mean, a good 10, 12, 15 of those could just be end of game empty netters. Thank you for the stat sheet. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, hey, a goal is a goal. It doesn't matter how it counts. Oh my God, you actually finished this episode. Nice job, Ralph. I'm not even joking. Like, congratulations. Hopefully, you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed making it. I actually very much like talking hockey with Zach and Bailey. Again, their personal Twitter accounts and the Twitter account for their podcast, The Sorgecast, will be down below. Hopefully, I see you tonight at opening night. And if it's after opening night, I don't know, did we win? Tell me we did. Even if we didn't, just lie to me right now. It's okay. I'll believe you. Uh, I will see you guys on Saturday. And, you know, let's get into hockey, guys. The season is here. Go Kane.